This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path. I'm Molly Dyer. The date of this podcast is July 29th, 2020. If you're listening, wherever in the world you are, I hope you're staying safe and healthy and wearing a mask and not complaining about it because a mask is infinitely easier to wear than is a respirator. And if you're listening in one of the American cities, which our Fuhrer has currently deployed his Black River stormtroopers, I hope you're safe. And I hope you are documenting everything. And I hope there's never a time when your life is in danger for marching for what is right. Don't forget to turn off the biometrics on your devices. Write your pertinent information and phone numbers somewhere on your person hidden by clothing. And write it in Sharpie. Today's podcast topic is Lunaza During Quarantine. Saturday, August the 1st, is Lunaza. You might call it or know it as Lamas. It's the same thing. It's one of the eight recognized Sabbaths or festivals in paganism. I prefer to call it Lunaza, personally, because the name Lamas, which means loaf mass, has just a few too many connections to Christianity and St. Peter in Chains for my preference. Loaf Mass is traditionally a Christian holiday, and I'll leave it at that. But suffice it to say, it's just my preference to call it Lunasa. So that's what I'm calling it for this podcast. It's still Lamas, though, so if that's what you call it, just pretend that's what I'm saying. But let's talk about the Wheel of the Year for a minute. Because my listenership has expressed itself to be of varying lengths of practice from the very new witch to the old wise crone, let's do some quick basics. Consider this a refresher if you already know this stuff. It'll only take a minute. In the Wheel of the Year, there are two solstices, two equinoxes, and four great festivals. A solstice is a day when the sun appears to reach its most northern or southern excursion relative to the celestial equator on the celestial sphere, blah, 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 blah. I'm not an astronomer, so a much more plain way of describing either solstice is as the longest day, which happens in the summer solstice, also called midsummer or letha, between June 19th and 23rd, and the longest night, which happens at the winter solstice, also called Yule, between December 20th and 23rd. An equinox is usually regarded as the time of day when the plane or Earth's equator passes through the center of the sun. And again, blah, 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 a more down-to-earth way of describing it would be to say that an equinox is a time when day and night are approximately equal in length all over the planet. We celebrate Ostara, or Estra, the spring equinox, around March 19th through the 22nd. And we celebrate the autumnal equinox, Mabon, around September 21st through the 24th. Lunaza is neither an equinox nor a solstice. It's one of the four great fires or great festivals, along with Imbolc in February, Beltane in May, and Samhain at the end of October. Those are the four so-called great festivals that most pagans seem to be the best acquainted with. Everyone knows Samhain because of Halloween. And everyone knows Beltane because outdoor sex and nudity. And who doesn't love that? But of the four great festivals, 
Imbolc and Lunasa often seem to be overlooked or altogether forgotten. Yule seems to be one of the Sabbaths that often gets confused for a great festival instead of a solstice, but since it corresponds time-wise with the Christian Christmas, <laughs> imagine that, that concept sort of tracks. But Imbolc and Lunasa, they're both pretty important. Imbolc, also called Candlemas by Christians, signifies the first stirrings of spring. It's been co-opted, in my opinion, by the mainstream secular population as Groundhog Day, that day when Punxsutawney Phil decides whether or not we'll have six more weeks of winter. On February 1st. Well, hell yeah, we're going to have six more weeks of winter. January was literally yesterday. Imbolc is a time for spring cleaning, initiations, rededications if you're a dedicant of breed, and many people start to plan their spring gardens around that time as well. And Lunasa. Don't forget about Lunasa. Lunasa is traditionally the first harvest of the summer. It's pretty much right in the middle between the summer solstice of Letha and the autumnal equinox, Mabon, which is the second harvest. The final harvest, if you're unfamiliar, is Samhain, my favorite of all the festivals. But this podcast is about Lunazaw, so back to Lunazaw. Lunazaw, as the first fruits or first harvest festival, is an agrarian festival. It's all about farming and appreciation of and thanksgiving for the bounty of the harvest after months of very, very hard, backbreaking work. It's about filling up the stores with fresh fruits and vegetables, and most notably for this particular harvest festival, filling up the larders with grains. Lunazaw was also a celebration festival to honor the Celtic god Lu. Lu was not only a god, but also a king and a master craftsman, among many other attributes. Lu appreciated a good festival in his own name, it's been said. It was common at Lunazaw festivals to not only celebrate with hearty loaves of bread shaped to resemble the common idea of what the god Lu looked like, as well as ripe, freshly picked fruits and vegetables, and also the sacrifice of a cow, specifically of a bull, to be cooked and enjoyed by the festival celebrants after the sacrificial ritual had taken place. It was a festival of genuine thanksgiving, an actual giving of thanks. There was feasting and merrymaking. There were challenges of strength, games of skill, matchmaking, and according to legend, even some partner swapping here and there. All this in the name of celebration, worship, and adoration for their god and their savior, Lu. I know a lot of pagans. I'd say about 60% of my friends are pagan, and that's conservative, or at least they're pagan-adjacent. And of those pagans, many of them align themselves with the Celtic pantheon. And of those pagans aligned with the Celtic pantheon, I don't think I've actually ever heard one of them mention Lu as a god in their particular pantheon of worship. I can only recall ever hearing the name Lu spoken as part of the name of this specific festival, Lunazah. But that's just my own experience. Yours may vary dramatically, especially if you're in Ireland or Scotland, England or Wales. But here in the U.S., it seems, at least to me, 
to be much more centered around the first harvest. But regardless of how you celebrate it, whether it's just a harvest or the celebration of the god Lu himself, I think you're doing it correctly. This coming Saturday, August 1st, is Lunaza. And as we have been for the last several months, we are still in isolation with seemingly no end in sight. That means that if you're a member of a coven, you'll likely not be celebrating Lunaza with your coven sisters and brothers, but alone. And if you're a solitary, well, you've got it made, but it still might be a little bit lonely. Just the knowledge that you can't be around those you love to celebrate the first harvest and to give thanks. I know personally, as pretty much a lifelong solitary, being so is a lot more liberating when it's by choice. You know that old adage about even though you know you're not going to the party, it's still nice to be invited? You know, no thanks, I'm doing my own thing this weekend for Sabbath. Or, I appreciate the invitation, but I'm, I'm doing solitary work for the Dark Moon tonight. I know a bunch of my witch friends who are generally solitary and indeed introverted solitaries who would give their left one to have someone to circle up with these days. Somebody to share their libations with after Sabbath. Maybe cast a few spells with on the full moon. It's tough to be a human during a pandemic quarantine, so it stands to reason that it would be tough to be a witch during a pandemic quarantine, too, regardless of whether you're in a coven or practice as a solitary. As you're setting up your Lunasa altar this year, if you find you're feeling wistful for the company of loved ones, or worship partners, co-coveners, or just friends and family that you have to be far away from right now, why not include them on your altar? Surround yourself with thanksgiving to include being thankful for those you can't be with at this time. Pictures or small tokens that represent your loved ones would be appropriate. Maybe a small gift that was given to you by a loved one, someone that you're missing. It's not an ancestor altar per se, though it might sound like one. You can honor those you love that are still with us, just as you can honor those who've crossed over. There's something very authentic about being able to present your own homegrown produce for an agrarian festival. If you have a garden where you grow your own fruits or vegetables, herbs, that's the perfect offering to any Lunasa altar. Likewise, if you're a rancher or if you raise livestock for consumption, it would be completely appropriate to roast a leg of your own farm-raised lamb or pork or beef or even chicken. Talk about authentic. But failing that, I mean, some Cajun roast beef from your deli will work just as well. And for that matter, if you've got a kiddo doing ritual with you, serve them a corn dog. That's a lesson about grain and meat, even if you're not sure what kind of meat that might be. Another really significant, poignant thing you can do for Lunasa in quarantine is baking. Goodness knows everybody and their dogs started learning to bake bread when this pandemic first began, mostly due to the engineered panic that we were going to immediately run out of food and toilet paper, neither of which has actually happened, thankfully. So if you're a bread baker, and I am, 
bake some bread for your celebration. Something with a little whole wheat in it would be wildly appropriate. So would something with just plain white all-purpose flour. And so would something that you popped out of a can. And so would something that you bought at the store, 100% prepared. If that means opening a bag of Chips Ahoy or a box of Entenmann's coffee cakes, that's all good. Do what you are comfortable doing. If that's baking an artisanal baguette with fresh cherry tomatoes baked into its crust, that's awesome. If you're more of a sourdough bread baker, stellar. If you're not a baker at all, also not problematic. If you're celebrating Lunaza as a solitary, just make it something meaningful to you. A few years ago, for Lunaza, I made tamales. Tamales are made with masa, which is made from corn. Corn is a grain. Boom. That year, I was able to share my tamales with some of my pagan friends, and it was a nice way to celebrate the first harvest. Now, I didn't grow the corn. I didn't even grind the corn. But I did make the tamales, so it was really a great feeling to offer up tamales as my offering and my libation. But it would have been just as meaningful and poignant if I'd bought the tamales, or for that matter, if I'd eaten Fritos. My ritual was solitary, but afterwards, I was able to share my libations with my loved ones. Beans and cornbread are also a perfect fart. Fart? Yes, they are the perfect fart. Beans and cornbread are also the perfect first harvest celebration. So are fresh melons and peaches, plums. Really, truly, it's sort of hard to miss if you're just trying to make your altar represent your gratitude for the bounty of the sown harvest and for the harvests still to come. But since I'm comfortable baking bread, that's what I'm going to do. Make offerings to the deity of your choosing, or to the earth, or to your ancestors, or to yourself. It doesn't matter. Me and my family, for our own reasons, aren't necessarily huge celebrants of the American Thanksgiving in November. I won't get into the whys right now, but we just sort of take that day to be together without buying into the whole turkey and more food than anybody could ever eat premise. We keep it low-key and either make a light dinner at home, something tasty but easy to clean up after, or we go out to a locally owned diner or restaurant and we tip pretty generously. But this year, we've decided to celebrate our own Thanksgiving on Saturday for Lunaza. We're planning on feasting together and counting the things we're thankful for during this very strange unprecedented time in our lives. I think that's a perfect way to celebrate the great festival of Lunaza. Whatever you do, if you celebrate any of the Sabbaths or festivals, if you're planning on celebrating Lunaza this Saturday night, hold those you love closely, if you can do so, safely. And if you're quarantining alone, if you're distancing alone, be kind to yourself. Show thanks to yourself. Try and recognize this first harvest for the earth and the bounty afforded to each of us in the myriad ways that bounty presents itself to us. Blessings for Lunasa and blessings every day. May you always have enough to share.
There's a brand new podcast every Wednesday. And as always, if you have questions or comments about this or any other episode of this podcast, or if there's a topic you'd like to hear about on a future episode, just hit the message button on the Anchor app or on the Anchor webpage from your web browser. You might hear yourself on an upcoming podcast. Stay at home. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. I hope you never hunger, and I hope you never thirst. As above, so below. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, let me know and tell a friend. I'm Molly Dyer. This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path. Beans and cornbread are also a perfect fart. Fart? Yes, they are the perfect fart. Make offerings to the deity of your choosing. What the fuck was that? The deity of your choosing. <laughs> Ho, 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 ho.